You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Good morning to everybody and uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. The text of our study this morning is found in Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56. If you will turn with me to that. It will be up there, and let us all rise up and uh, read this text together. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56. Verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him, and now she was healed immediately. And he said to her daughter, Be of good cheer. Our faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well, when he came into the house, he permitted no one to come in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the father of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. May the good Lord add the blessing in the reading of his word. Let's all bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are the giver and taker of life. You gave us your son, that we may know your word. Teach us to hear you when you speak, Lord. You created us with the capacity to hear and understand. Help us to, to hear you in your word. 
in our hearts. Father, we pray that as we continue to worship you today, that we may be able to lift you up, that we may be able to receive the teachings and the rebuking and admonishing of everyone, Father, that there may be discipline in our homes. Father, we pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated, please. And again, happy Father's Day to all fathers, and this is your day. I will not be surprised if your family and your beloved will treat you today. If not, then our lesson here says there will be rebuke and chastening. (laughs) Okay, so uh, many men were regarded as great men by this world. Kings who were victorious in battles were proclaimed great kings, and their people followed them, and even some worshipped them. Generals who have been very successful and victorious in battles became great men, and great generals too. Athletes who have thrilled spectators were labeled great athletes. And, uh, and, and this greatness of these people became a fix in the physical world. When they do something good, do something that made them uh, popular, they became great. You know? But scripture tells us a different view. And this is the view from above. A man of faith is great in the eyes of him who is called the Almighty Creator of all things. If a man is found with understandable, unquestionable faith, he becomes great in the eyes of him. And uh, all we have to do is read Hebrews chapter 11. And there you will see the names of the people of whom God listed in in his hall of faith. Hebrews 11, you will, uh, you will read Abel by faith, Enoch by faith, Abraham by faith, Noah by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. These are the great heroes of faith. Men who have been faithful also to their wives and their children is also commended by God's word. Example is the prophet Hosea. If you have read the book of Hosea, you will read there in spite of what his wife Gomer did to him, he still took her into his wings in his home and loved her. And that is one very, very good example. We, we read that in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Men who have been examples to their children also are instructed by Scripture. And I would like to to share to you two good Scripture for fathers and children. Number one is Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. When the Lord Jesus uh, sent a letter, his word, 
to the church at Laodicea, one of the seven churches of the book of Revelation, he said this in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So uh, what is the Lord saying here? This is what he said. Fathers, if you don't love your children, you are not disciplining them. Children, if your parents are disciplining you, it is because they love you. You must remember that. Discipline is a part of a child's upbringing. Children should be disciplined. A child has a bent. Okay? And if parents will not train their children, there will be a problem in the future. And what happens is that if the parents will not train and discipline their children, there will come a time because this child thinks that what he is doing is good and right, there will come a time that training and discipline is not going to work for the parents. Now, children, you must remember, parents are very well schooled. They are graduates. They graduate from the University of Hard Knocks. They are sharing to you experiences from which they were able to rise up and be successful. That is why there is discipline at home. Now, uh, let, me, uh, let us go deeper into Revelation 3.19. It says, as many as I love. Now, remember these three words, love, rebuke, and chasten. There is discipline, there is rebuke, there is chastening because of love. Okay, that is what we call discipline love. Loving discipline, whatever you, either way. Now, the first word is, I want to share to you is rebuke. Rebuke means admonish or reprimand. I'll give you an example. In the military, when a soldier commits mistake, the military will call him and give him what we call a reprimand. Okay? It comes in the form of a letter. It states the mistakes or violations committed, followed by a disciplinary punishment. Now, uh, the punishment might be demotion, one rank lower, or cancellation of leave for six months, or the commander would say, from now on, you will be a kitchen police, a KP for six months. Soldiers don't want to cook. <laughs> or 
you will be cleaning the restroom for six months. Oh, they don't want that. If that soldier will continue to break and violent or violate rules, what is coming up is chastening. So what is, what is chastening? Now, uh, first, let's look at this. How does a parent rebuke children? Let us say you, made a, you committed the violation of the rules in school and at home. You went on beaching classes, okay? <laughs> and also, uh, you stayed late at night. Some, some kids, they escape, you know? I'm talking about experience. I have five kids. <laughs> and uh, here comes the father. Son, daughter, you have violated the rules in the house or in school. So now you will be washing dishes for one month. Or no TV from 6 to 9 p.m. I want to see you hitting your books and assignments. And at 10, 10 p.m. will be tops. So you only have 9 to 10 to watch TV. Now, uh, those are the kind of rebuke that a father or a parent can do and, and uh, implement to a children. Now, children must remember that a Christian home, in a Christian home, there must be house rules. If there are no rules, something is wrong. I never saw a Christian home where anything goes, okay? No. There are house rules, and parents will implement those rules. Revelation 3.19 is saying, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. There are Christian rules too. God has a rule. If you will continue to sin against and disobey his commands, his word, instruction, there will be a rebuke. A rebuke might come this way. You might be laid off from your work. All of a sudden, your, all your savings are gone. You know? All of a sudden, your, your car keeps on breaking up. Or there might be a fire at home. And uh, you go bankrupt. Your business go bankrupt. That is a rebuke. It might come that way. If you will still keep on sinning, God said, there is chastening. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to my rebuke. Here is the chastening. Chastening might be painful. Sometimes it might cause death in the family. Not with you, but your family, your children, your relatives. It comes. Hardships, hard times. I'll give you an example of a chastening. 
when the children of Israel was complaining to Moses, Moses, why did you bring us here in the wilderness? We have no water. Your God brought us here to die. Moses went to Yahweh, told him about it, and he said, Moses, this is what you're going to do. I, I know. Strike the rock, and you will have water. Strike the rock means strike it once. So what Moses did was to strike the rock how many times? More than once. And then he took the honor and said, Shall I do this for you all the time? Moses was already mad. He was angry because everybody was complaining all the time. So Moses hallowed the name of the Lord. And God said, here is the chastening. Moses, go up that mountain. Bring Joshua with you. And I will show you the land that I will give to Israel. And after you have seen that, you are going to sleep and go to your fathers. Be with your fathers. And Joshua will lead Israel into the promised land. That is because Moses did not follow what Yahweh told him to do. If a child of God keeps on sinning and giving shame to him, he might call you home. The way he did to Moses and the next is Aaron. If you can remember, Aaron, go with Eleazar. Give your stuff to him and your clothes, and then you'll go to your father's. Why? Because he was an instrument of making the golden cup, the idol god. He was rebuked. God has a discipline for his people. Parents have a discipline for children in a Christian home. Remember that. So there is no need for you to get mad against rules and instructions at home. Now, uh, chastening is sometimes is painful. It means uh, punishment, reproof, restraint, subdue, or refine and purify. Now, uh, this, uh, in, this, uh, in chastening, the father goes to a heavier penalty than rebuke. Now, on this part, the father or the family should consider the law of the land and the law of God, God's law. The law of the land says, fathers, parents, you cannot use your hand and resort to body contact or else you know what child abuse is all about or else those marks might be seen by the teacher in school and the children will say yeah it's my dad <laughs> you know I have five kids I have experience on that 
You know, Orientals, Orientals, they have strict discipline at home. When we migrated here, I brought with me that discipline. It's so harsh. All of a sudden, I saw the cop in front of my house. And the cop said, you know, Mr. Gutierrez, you cannot do that here in the United States. You cannot even touch them and be very, very harsh. We have laws. So, parents, be careful with the way you will chasten children. Okay? Now, um, Proverbs 13, 24 says, He who spares his rod hates his son. Parents, you cannot do raising up Christian kids and doing away with your rod. Remember, the rod is not, it's not supposed to be a rod of punishment. It should be a rod of discipline with love. That is the reason why Revelation 3.19 says, As many as I love, rebuke and chasten must be driven by love. It is because you love them. That's why you are instituting that. Um, rod is termed also as discipline. It is not with hatred. And it should be driven with love. Now, the, the second is God's law. <clears throat> God's law says in Colossians chapter 3, Verse 21, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, lest they become discouraged. At this point, a father must also remember what Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says. There are two ways. There are two choices. There are two gates. There are two travelers. There are two choices. One is right and one is wrong. Explain that to the kids. Spend, explain that to the, to the children. There are two paths that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is what, what is unexpected. Okay? There are many options, and in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, there are two options and two choices to make. Explain those choices. Explain those options. If the option or solution is so attractive because it makes you or it will make you better than the others and than the, your brothers and sisters and your, and your neighbors, you have to think twice. Is it the right option? Or uh, because it doesn't ask me to change my lifestyle. When instruction and discipline touches the lifestyle of children, there will be a resistance, you know. Lifestyle is hard to change. More so with parents and adults. You just cannot change a lifestyle immediately, you know. And does the choice 
or decision that this kid or your kids are going to make requires moral restraints or not. Moral restraint is very important. So, the right choice requires hard work and sacrifices. Give an advice on this. And also, it requires moral restraint. Don't be enticed to go the shortcuts, do the shortcuts that seem right. You know, this body is... uh, That is the reason why the Apostle Paul said, I always subdue this body, restrain this body, because this body wants the best. This body is very, very comfortable in our comfort zone. And we don't want to get out of it. This body doesn't want to. So that's why the Apostle Paul said, I train this body. I subdue this body because it is one of the reason, the key to victory. Now, uh, we, will, we will now move on to introduce to you Jairus, since uh, we are not going to finish. Okay. <laughs> And today in our passages, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56, we will go on, move on to our study. We have three emphases of study today. And uh, number one is the greatest thing a father can do. Number two is the greatest example of a father. And number three is the greatest test of a father. The first one is in verse 41 and 42. There came a man named Jairus, a father, to Jesus. And he was a ruler of the synagogue. Now, uh, what is this ruler? Is he a king? (laughs) No. No. And the next question is, why did Jairus came to Jesus? Does he know Jesus? Scripture doesn't say. But there is one thing about the ruler of the synagogue. We must remember that the first miracle of the Lord Jesus was in Cana. He changed water into wine. And Jairus, as the ruler of the synagogue, or a member of the synagogue, should have known this. That is why he was very relieved when he saw Jesus came the second time. And immediately he came to Jesus and went down on his knees and begged. It is very, very unusual for a ruler of a synagogue to do this. You can just imagine, you don't even know the guy. Maybe he knows Jesus as an itinerant preacher who comes and goes. And uh, a ruler of the synagogue, the synagogue is a uh, local worship center. Okay? And uh, a ruler of the synagogue is responsible for administration. 
and worship supervision. And uh, it is uh, unusual for a ruler like this, well known in the, in the synagogue, to just fall down on the feet of an itinerant preacher and beg for, for him, for something. So I would understand if it is a mother. Because mothers are usually soft in heart and light-hearted, you know. But for a father who also who will fall down on his knees and beg and very emotional would say, please, <laughs> save my daughter, you know. And uh, this is something that would only happen very, very rare. It won't happen all the time. Usually, especially, uh, we should remember also here in the passages that as he walked towards the Lord Jesus, he knew that his daughter is dying. And when he approached the Lord Jesus, somebody told him, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother him. No, it's useless. He's dead. But the Lord Jesus heard that. And this is what he said. He said, believe only. You know? Usually, my friends, believing is the key to Christian ministry. Believing is the key to success as a child of God. And uh, we, we, we believers, sometimes we forgot about these things and that uh, we just move on and continue to do what we're doing, forgetting what is first. And this is what the Lord Jesus said to Jairus. Believe. Believe in me. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, uh, let, us, uh, let us see what is, uh, what is next uh, from Jairus. When our lives, this is the application principle here that we can apply. When our lives fall apart, when everything seems to go wrong, like what is happening to Jairus, the father of the daughter. There is only one person to turn to. And this is what Jairus did. He turned to the only person who can help him. He turned to the only person who can solve the problem. And that is the Lord Jesus. Usually, parents, sometimes, when we are engulfed with problems, in the home, we are very, very focused on the problem itself. We forgot the person who can solve the problem. And this is what Jairus did. He went to the right person without even having a personal uh, uh, connection with the Lord Jesus. He went straight to him. Please. Save my daughter. 
Now, question. Question here, parents. Is your daughter alive? Is your son and children alive? You know, there are a lot of walking dead children at home. Maybe you have, you have been uh, watching the TV series, The Walking Dead. There are dead children at home. You need, we need to share the gospel to them. That is the reason why the Lord Jesus said, believe. Share to them to believe in the only person who can save us, who can save them. That is one of the lessons here. And uh, he is the only person to go through for help. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's already 12.20. <laughs> we, we run out of time. And then the next is... Uh, we should humble ourselves with faith and listen to God's word and what he has to say. Humility must be a part of seeking God. If you don't have humility, you have no ministry, as we have said before. Forget about it. It's not going to work. You know why? Because pride is not accepted in his kingdom in heaven. The first sin that was seen and recorded in heaven is pride. You can read Ezekiel chapter 28. What was Lucifer doing? He was the guardian angel of the mountain of God, the throne, and he was saying, there will come a time. It is me who will sit here in this throne. And because of that pride, a war in heaven erupted. Pride is not accepted in his kingdom for one reason. Another reason is that the greatest in heaven is a servant. And he is still a servant now to us. He is preparing our home before he comes. In my father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare that place for you. And he will come back and take us to those mansions in heaven. He is still serving us. That is why pride is not accepted in heaven, especially when we are going to come before his presence. He wants us to be down on our knees, to kneel, call upon him and say, Abba, Father, help us. That is the reason why the Lord Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. Because God wants us to be humble, to humble ourselves and call upon him and approach the throne of grace. Or else, that throne of grace becomes the great white throne judgment for those who have so much pride. Amen? I'm very sorry it's already... To <laughs> we ran out of time, as we've said. Then 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, that uh, we have listened to the message for the fathers and the children. We pray, Lord, that this will strengthen us, give us more understanding, Lord, of your rules, of your laws, that, Father, we may be able to stand before you in your presence, right with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.